Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I am a channel of the light and work with spirit guides, angels, the higher self, and past over loved ones to provide you with support, clarity, and encouragement. Using oracle cards, mediumship, and clairvoyance, my readings will leave you feeling comforted and empowered. I have various reading options available, ranging from 30-minute readings to 60-minute readings to group sessions. I also work with professionals to help them gain clarity in business and life purpose. To book a reading with me, simply head to laurengraceinspirations.com. Enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to the show. I'm Lauren Grace, and I'm joined today by, oh, sorry, is it Christine Cans? Is that how you pronounce your name? Christina Can, yeah. I just Christina Cans. Can, no S. Christina Can. No S. You, okay. It's okay, though. No, no, no. Christina Can. I like to do it properly. Let me start again. <laughs> Lauren Grace here, and welcome to The Afterlight. And I'm joined today by Christina Can. She is a trauma-informed hypnotherapist and nutritionist helping entrepreneurs business owners, and creatives up-level their life and business with belief hacking. If you're ready to drop the subconscious programs, trauma, and emotions that prevent you from being who you truly are and creating an amazing life and business, then Christina is the right person for you. And today she's joining me to talk all about hypnotherapy and reprogramming your subconscious. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So before we get into the subject of hypnotherapy and the subconscious mind and reprogramming the subconscious mind, which I'm super excited to talk about, especially because I've recently been doing a lot of hypnotherapy, I'd love to hear how your spiritual journey started. What sort of kicked you down this journey? Did Have you always been spiritual or did that sort of start, you know, maybe later in life? Well, I was always able to see things that I don't think other people could see. I was always a bit different um, as a kid. Um, I could see spirits and people who had passed over from a really young age. And, and I didn't have anyone in my life to tell me what that was. And so I didn't know that, A, I could sense things that maybe other people couldn't or B, what it was or so... I was always interested in the metaphysical, but I also grew up in a very um, sort of normal household with parents who weren't in tune with much other than just, I don't know, keeping up with the Joneses. So it was, I struggled a lot. So it wasn't until I got into my late twenties that I really started to dive in and seek out help because I was seeing and sensing all these things. And I, I still didn't really know what they were, or how to manage it. So it wasn't until probably my, my thirties that I really dove in. Um, and, and now here I am 42 and fully embracing all of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about, you know, this podcast is when I get to meet different types of people and hearing about how their journey began. And one of the themes that I sort of see is that 
people sort of start their spiritual journey, get off it, get back on it, get off it. And, and sometimes life, you know, will kick you in the butt and make you get right on it, you know, and stay on it. And other times, you know, it can be a really gradual and sort of subtle thing. So when did you first get introduced to the subject of hypnotherapy? And I'm launching right into that right away because we have an hour and I, I believe you and I will be able to talk about this for probably days to come. So let's just get right into it right away. And when you first were introduced to hypnotherapy, was that part of your spiritual journey or was that sort of separate? That was a hundred percent part of my spiritual journey. Um, what had happened was, is I was doing all the things, right? I was doing all the things to be healthy and, you know, checking all the boxes off. I had a really successful business. I had two beautiful children. I had a beautiful home. I was married. It was not healthy, but I didn't really understand that at the time. And I had done all the things, you know, I was doing the yoga and I was, I was metaphysical and I was even going, I think I went to like six different psychologists and I kind of hit this point in my life where I realized nothing I was doing was actually shifting anything. There was a deeper level to what, you know, to what I needed to shift. And then my marriage just blew up and it turned into this really nasty domestic violence situation. And rather than blame people, I just took full responsibility. And I was like, what can I do to uncreate this so that I do not create this in the future? Because I could see very clearly how my marriage directly, I mean, was so directly linked to my childhood. It was bananas. Like I just recreated my childhood and all the yoga and all the spiritual stuff and all the psychology was not helping me fix that or clear that up. It was just kind of, it was like going around in a circle. So I said to the universe, I was like, look, I'm done. Either you show me what to do or I'm freaking done because I don't want to live life creating the same stuff over and over again. Like it's just too frustrating for me. And yeah. so sure enough, the way I came to hypnosis was kind of like in through the, through the back door. Um, I started working with, Aboriginal people and getting to know their culture and their um, the way they worked in the dream time and through accessing those I guess dimensions that's what led me to more of a traditional hypnotherapy approach um, and it was because I wanted to clear these programs and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't creating the same horrible situations for myself in the future. I was hundred percent committed to changing that. And the only way I found that I was able to do that was by going into the subconscious and clearing out all of those, all that programming from childhood. I mean, we just were little sponges. We just absorb our parents. Like we just download it all. And unless we get in there in a hypnotic state or a meditative state, you know, we're matching the brainwave patterns and we're getting in there and we're reprogramming it. It's just, you can't really do it consciously and you sure as heck cannot do it with crystals. Like you need <laughs> a deeper level. Um, you know, like I did all the things, I did all the things that nothing was working. This is the only thing for me that worked. And it helped me shift a lot of trauma because the subconscious, I call it the body mind connection. And so by using hypnotherapy, it allowed me to get back in my body because I was so traumatized from my childhood that I was totally disassociated. 
you know, yeah, yoga and, and all those things kind of help you get back in the body, but it was only sort of a temporary thing. So with hypnosis, I was able to really get into my body and feel into my body and, and learn how to, you know, hold those uncomfortable emotions. And, you know, it just changed everything. Like, um, I'm four years sober. I haven't touched alcohol. I don't do any other substances. Like it's just changed my life so much for the better. And when I work with my clients, I just see amazing shifts. Um, and it brings me so much joy. So, wow. Okay. There's like 25,000 things I want to talk <laughs> about based on that, but you're on a really good tangent there. I was like letting you go before I cut you <laughs> off. And I will say, and I don't know if our listener at home could sense it, but like, I was just covered in shivers while you were talking. And for me, that's always just like hundred percent truth and confirmation. So mm-hmm. I just love that you're, you know, you're being so, so vulnerable and, and not front. And one of the things that I think is so cool is that, you know, when people are assisting other people in different um, endeavors, like in hypnosis and, and all that kind of stuff, and you've gone through it yourself, you're like, you're living proof that this stuff works. I want to ask you a quick question, like sort of go back. And then there's so many things I want to talk about, about the subconscious mind, about, you know, emotions, about, do we have to go through those past experiences to dissolve them in the future? Or can we just do something that's, you know, a real casual way of dealing with that as opposed to having secondary victimization before we get to that though, what do you think it is about you or about people who understand that they're responsible because I relate to you on that level so much. I, I feel like from the time I was a teenager that I knew on this deep level that I was responsible for the life that I was creating. And I don't think I always looked at it in a supportive way. I definitely had some challenges with, you know, beating myself up for decisions, you know, or, or results that I was getting right. Which I'm sure that's just part of the journey that I have to go on. But what is it about yourself that made you go, wait a minute, I'm going to not point the finger at anyone but myself and I'm going to take action versus people who continue to blame? Is it an evolution thing? Is it a conscious thing? Is it, you know, that they just don't know better or it's too hard? Thoughts on that? Mm, That's such a good question. Um, In some ways, I think it's innate. I mean, I think you can see early on people who want to take responsibility. A lot of times I ask people, especially entrepreneurs, what was your first business? And often at a very young age, they were running businesses like six, seven, they were doing things. And I was the same way. I had a car washing and cookie baking business and I would hit up all my neighbors and I was making good cash. So it's, it's innate, but also I think for me, I was kind of looking around at the people that I was living with my parents and my family. And I was like, you know, I just don't really want to trust these guys. Like their judgment and the way they're living life is kind of bananas. In my opinion, it was just this inner knowing, like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to take their advice. I'm just going to go out and forge my own path. And I think there's also the programming element, you know, from a very, you know, from the day one, you know, you have parents telling you, no, you can't do this. No, you have to do it this way. And You've got these layers of programming from your family, from your parents, from school, from society. And, you know, all those things just create this victim mindset that like, you know, it's, it's this disempowering belief that like, I can't take control over my own life. I have to have somebody else tell me what to do. And that's, 
in such a deep level. I mean, a lot of the clients I work with are people who I say chasing the golden carrot, like they want to create a great business. They want to create a great life for themselves. And that's why I choose to work with these clients because I don't know how to work with people who aren't programmed that way. So I think it's twofold. I think it is innate, but I think there also is a programming element that, that forces or causes people to do that whole, that victim thing. And yeah, it's a really unfortunate mindset. it is. And I guess, you know, maybe sometimes they just need to learn a tougher, harder lesson uh, to kind of, yeah. you know, shift them out of that. Because I was going to say, well, maybe you could actually, you know, use hypnosis to help these people, but they wouldn't even be looking for it because they, no, would, they wouldn't take the responsibility. No. And I, I find that like, I am a psychic medium. Like I, I can talk to people on the other side. I don't do that as a part of my business. I can access information during sessions but I really want my clients to go in, you know, delete the old programs and create new programs for themselves and take responsibility and take action. Yeah. I don't want to tell them what they should or shouldn't do. I want them to get in the driver's seat and become the creators they are. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people like, and I was guilty of this. I used to look for other people to like, tell me what was going to happen. And now I'm like, stuff that I'm in charge. I'm doing it. This is what I want let's go. Yeah. Does it always work out that way? No, but (laughs) I will try. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you know better, you do better. I mean, (laughs) I first got introduced to the, uh, the subject of reprogramming my mind when I watched what the bleep do I know? Did you ever watch that movie back when it came out? in no. like early or okay I would definitely recommend you check it out I've talked about it on the show before so our listener may be familiar it's really seems sort of dated now but you can watch it on YouTube it's crazy but it's it was all about reprogramming the mind and okay. it, they talked a lot in that show about um you know, basically neural nets and like busting down our old neural nets and recreating new ones. And I started to see that I had a lot of programs. For me, it was a lot around self-worth, self-love, body Mm. image issues. That was a lot of like where my, all my pain was coming from. Mm. Uh, But I started to understand that, oh, wait a minute, I can actually replace my thoughts and I can create new neural nets. And I've got to tell you, I've been doing that for, I'm 40 next month. So, you know, easily when I was in my early twenties, so 20 years now, it's crazy when we can say stuff like that, (laughs) 20, 20 years I've been doing this. Um, But it wasn't until I want to say maybe last year that I realized I've been missing a, a piece in the puzzle. And that piece for me was the emotional connection. And I think that, you know, I've been able to get really far with a lot of the reprogramming I've been doing from replacing thoughts and, and, um, you know, creating new neural nets in that way. And I've definitely been able to take myself from, I hate myself to, I love myself, which has been quite a journey, but there's still work to be done in that. And I think that for me, I'm realizing, wait a minute, I've been missing the emotion that comes with the thought. So I want to talk to you a bit about what you were saying earlier in relation to the body and the mind connection. Can you kind of, you know, jam on that idea a little bit? Sure. So when I talk about the subconscious, to me, the subconscious means the body mind. Um, There's no such thing as like the brain separate from the body, like everything's connected. It's a system that works together. And I was a lot like you. I used to intellectualize my emotions, not feel them. I'd be like, oh, you know, like, yeah, 
And so through hypnosis, I was able to actually learn to feel my emotions. And in my sessions, when we go through, so uh, I'll talk you through how my sessions work because it's a little bit different from traditional hypnosis. I've kind of um, tweaked it. So my clients come to me with issues in their life and they, they might be money, love, uh, career. They're seeing these patterns pop up over and over again. Like they have terrible bosses or, you know, um, they're just not stepping into that leadership that they want to step into or they're entrepreneurs and all their childhood traumas coming up and hitting them in the face. And, um, and so what I do is I look at the issues and the issues are always connected to a priority emotion and a root cause age in this lifetime. I mean, it can be linked to other lifetimes as well, but it just, it just depends on the issue and how it needs to be cleared. And so that emotional charge is really important because that locks in the issue to the body. And so when mm. we go through the session, we unpack not just the beliefs that are underlying and creating the issue, but the emotions that are attached to that issue. Because when that trauma is locked in, you're feeling all these different emotions. And sometimes there can be like three, sometimes there can be 10. And so we go through and we clear those emotions and we clear the old beliefs. We clear that whole, I call it the dimension um, and offload it. And a lot of times I'll ask my clients, where in your body do you feel these emotions? And they can identify where in the body, we'll pull them out and clear them, or it'll be like a shape or a color. So I really encourage my clients during sessions to get in touch with their body and identify where in the body that trauma, those emotions are stored. And in, you know, a subconscious state, you can, you're, you're so tapped in, you're accessing a different part of the brain. You can see things in a completely different way and you can feel things in your body in a completely different way that you can't really feel or sense when you're just in your conscious mind. So it really allows them to connect with their body. And that's what I loved about hypnotherapy is it allowed me to connect to my body in a way that I had not been able to in the past. Mm. Okay. So I want to kind of break it down a little bit for our listener at home. I will say that in general, our listeners very advanced. So they do, they are familiar with a lot of the spiritual subjects that we've covered, especially if they've been listening to podcasts for a long time, but I do want to kind of break it down for them. So number one, I'm also a medium and a seer. So I understand where you're going with the, you know, it's almost like the two minds. So you have kind of your conscious mind, which is, you know, creating a story. I'm sitting here and in the background, it might be going, I'm thirsty, you know, I want some water or what time is it, right? It's kind of that. And then you have this higher awareness voice that's almost like calm and patient and understanding. And so when you're in hypnotherapy, you're almost able to quiet down that head voice and tap into that inner truth, that inner knowing, that kind of wise wisdom part of ourselves. Now, when you're talking about going in there and pulling stuff out. Do you, so I have, I did my level one theta healing many, many years ago. So when we were in, when I did theta healing, we talked a lot about going in and um, going up into the creator space and identifying the root cause of something and then pulling it out and replacing it with another thought. And the way that I would do it is in my imagination, I would imagine that, you know, this, this little program seed or spike or whatever you want to do is like in there and I can almost see it coming out and I witness it. And then with that gap that's there, I would then come in and I would witness the creator put in a different program through my imagination in doing that in light 
and then I would see that sort of fill up and heal. So I'm, I'm curious to know, you know, for our listener, who's like, what do you mean? And, you know, do you do a similar thing in the kind of work that you do? Are you witnessing this sort of happen? Can you kind of break it down in terms of how it works? Yeah, um, it is very similar in that we're, and I use muscle testing to make sure um, we're accessing the right um, dimension, age, past life. Um, But we go into that root cause issue and we open it up, whatever it was, we investigate the trauma, we clear it out, you know, you feel it in your body. And then when you recreate the new, um, the, the ideal or what you would have liked to have had happen in that moment, I encourage my clients to not just imagine, but feel. So we're locking in the emotions. So we're, again, we're going back to the body and we're taking that idealized recreation and we're putting it into the body as well as the imagination so that they can feel it. And I don't, I don't close that session until they're like, yes, I feel it. Yes. It's locked in. And then I do a little thing that we go through that we, we kind of lock it into the body. Right. Um, Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it answers my question because I think that, you know, when you're learning this stuff and someone's just kind of talking and saying, then we go and then pull it out. People don't really understand how it works, but when we can explain it's in the head and imagination, visualization, all that kind of stuff that I think that makes it a little bit more tangible for people to understand. I want to go and talk about, um, you know, what I was asking you earlier, what I'd alluded to earlier, which is basically about whether or not you have to go and relive something in order to shift it. So, Mm. you know, you've got people coming to you through, let's just use maybe, maybe they're working on, on growing in self-love or growing in confidence, for example, Mm -hmm. do they then have to try to net, like figure out with you where this particular issue came from, or can they just neutralize it here in the present moment by just acknowledging there's something there Do you have to get to the super root, root, root cause of that, you know? And then what about people who don't want to go there and don't want to relive that? I mean, is that Mm. just part of the journey that they have to see the shadow to be able to see the light and move forward or can they avoid it? Good question. Um, In my experience, and I've not worked with people who don't have to go back. There are some issues that people come with where I'm like, okay, this really isn't a root cause issue. This really is. It's something that you need to do. It's a dis- more of a decision and then an action. Like there really isn't a trauma linked to that. It really is just a decision and action-based solution. Um, but again, it, we have to get into the session and we have to get into the subconscious and kind of talk through the issues on a deeper level. A lot of issues... I can resolve, I I call in the higher self, the big self, and we talk to the higher self in session. And a lot of times that can clear up things without having to go back to that root cause issue, because it is just, it's, it's a really simple solution. Like, Hey, why are you doing that? You just do this. And then that'll kind of work that out. Um, Is it also objective when the higher self comes in, they're not, you know, the higher self isn't like, focus on the ego or, you know, there isn't a lot of like, would you say that you can almost access the higher self in a neutral way? Oh yeah. hundred yeah, percent. So- I, I do that for when I first work with a client, that's the first thing we do is we bring in the higher self and I, they have a conversation with the higher self. And then sometimes that higher self will even identify issues that need to be like, 
the client will come in with certain issues and the higher self will be like, nope, we need to work on this. This is actually the issue. Mm -hmm. Or we'll resolve the issue with, again, a new decision and an action step. So especially with new clients, I always bring in the higher self first. We have a conversation. It's like almost we review what the client has brought in to see if that's really the plan we need to follow. Mm, Because in that subconscious state, you're downloading the most pure information. Your conscious mind's not, I call it, we turn off the prefrontal cortex, that conscious mind judgment analysis, blah, 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 all the stuff. Turn it off, we go into the back brain where all the gold is and talk to the higher self and get a better idea of what actually needs to happen in the session. And then after the session, um, I send through an email because I'll get information as well that will outline action steps and sort of clarify the new beliefs and um, you know what I think would help really solidify their reprogramming better. Right. So do you find people have to come and have multiple sessions for the same issue? Or is it just sort of depending on how, how deep it is, how willing they are to change? Did they, when you were saying, do you feel the full emotion? Maybe they thought they did, but they didn't. It was locked in at a level that, you know, maybe wasn't as deep as it could have been. Yes. So oftentimes I know that we've had a good sort of clearing and reprogramming if there's an emotional release. So if my client cries a little bit or, you know, is really feeling that whatever was blocking them and Mm -hmm. then they let it go and we've reprogrammed at the end of the session, when they say, I feel so much lighter, I'm like, yes. So that usually indicates they're done. We should not need to revisit that. Um, I've not, I've not had anyone come back for the same issue. So the goal is to clear that issue so that they don't have to revisit that. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're really, I don't market myself as someone, I don't want my clients coming back to me over and over and over again. I want to resolve the issue and for them to go on and live their life, creating what they want to create. So yeah. Um, yeah. The goal is to just get it done, get it done, done and dusted. <laughs> and yeah, then move we've got on. other things to do. Hello. <laughs> and putting them in that creator, you know, mode so yeah. that they can go, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want you to come back. Yeah. That's not my goal. So. Yeah. So let's talk a bit more about this subconscious mind. So I'm wondering if you can kind of describe it in a simplified sort of way and also talk a little bit about, you know, maybe how we can access the subconscious mind. Cause I mean, sometimes, so what I do is I tend to walk around my property when I'm taking my dog out or something like that. And I'll listen to hypnotherapy. Oh, <laughs> or, yeah. yeah. Or sometimes I'll, you know, go and I'll, you know, have it on before bed or something like that. So I guess on that note, I also want to see if maybe we can talk a little, a little bit later about being very aware of what you are putting into your subconscious. Cause I oh. know that there's different programs out there and sometimes people are putting in programs that maybe are actually not really helpful for them. How do you discern that? But before we go into that question, can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, the subconscious mind? Mm. So the subconscious mind, it, it's, so we'll try to get, I'll try to be as simple as possible. Um, so I just kind of divide it up into two sections for people. There's like the front brain and the back brain. And so the, and the way I describe it is your subconscious kind of lives in the back brain. It's the first part of the brain that is developed in utero. So it's that really 
um, primitive brain that's tapped into your body. It's where your fight, flight, freeze, fawn response lives. It's where as a child, that's the, the priority sort of developmental stage that you get sort of locked into from the age of zero to about six or seven. Once you start school, your prefrontal cortex comes online and you start learning how to be more logical and analytical and, and develop that um, personality and define who you are as a person. So the goal during hypnosis is to turn off that front brain. And that's also what I think is happening with like psychedelic treatment is you're turning off that front brain so that there's no judgment getting yeah. in the way. You're just tapping into that pure sort of state of, um, it's like this oneness, right? <laughs> I don't know for lack of it's a better It's like your word. connection to your source, your source. creator, your higher self, your, without all the extra bullshit, like the yeah. personality and the, things the, that happened to me and what he said, she said and all that. The stories. Yeah. So we yeah, take the stories. away that, the judgment so we can get back in and just get to the truth. And I know in a session when my client is in a subconscious state, because the answers they give me are very short succinct, direct, yes or no. You know, there's not this drama, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're telling someone in a therapy, conscious therapy session, we're like, and then she said, and then he said, and then, do you know what I mean? It's just very direct. So you get into the truth of the situation. Oh, great. So, I mean, you could say like, it's the limbic system that we're accessing and we're, we're kind of opening. I mean, the way the brain works, like, do we really know? Heck no. Like there's like 11 dimensions in there that scientists have said we can access. So for me, it's like, we're just accessing these different dimensions and we're going deeper and deeper. And when I lead my clients through a session, you know, we start off with a, with a meditation, a guided meditation, and I take them through this process to go deeper and deeper and deeper. So that they go back into the back of the brain and slow down those, and the goal is to slow down brain waves, right? So when we're in our conscious state, um, you could say we're in more of like a beta stage or a gamma stage, you know, our brain waves are, are, are quite rapid. We're, we're focused, we're analytical, we're thinking, we're all in that front brain. And then when we get into a subconscious state, it's about turning those brain waves down. So relaxing, you know, taking deep breaths, like letting all of that monkey mind business go. Um, you know, the goal, of course, is to get as deep as possible into theta. Um, and then from there, it's a lot easier. It's like that's the gateway into the subconscious once you slow those brain waves down. So before sessions, I encourage my clients, no caffeine. Um, you know, we have to get as relaxed as possible, lay down, put a, you know, if you have something you want to put over your eyes to make it dark, like we just, we have to get as relaxed and comfortable as possible, slow those brain waves down so we can access that, those um, subconscious memories and, you know, allow the higher self to come in. Um, and then once we're in there to stay in that state and then after my session, I encourage clients to relax, you know, to try to stay in that state throughout the day as much as possible to let that reprogramming take root. Mm-hmm. Um, so avoid no drugs, no alcohol for at least 24 to 48 hours to really let your, you know, subconscious mind body reset, recalibrate. And then I send homework and I want them to take action and, you know, use their bodies in accordance with the new beliefs that we've written 
to create those new pathways and those new habits and, and really cement those new belief systems that we've put in place. So what would be an example of a homework action item that you would integrate? I mean, would you say dance, have a dance. And while you're doing that, say, you know, I'm abundant or something like that. You have like a trigger word or something. I'll answer the second part of your question. So hypnotic states throughout our day. I mean, if you're in flow and you're working, you can be in a hypnotic state at work, you know, working if you're in that flow state, but any sort of hypnotic state is best defined as something that you've done so many times. You don't have to think about it as you do it. Mm -hmm. So driving, you can be in a hypnotic state. I mean, the number of dead people that want to chat to me while I'm driving is bananas. It's I'm like, guys, I'm driving, you know, cause you're just boundaries. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, gardening, doing, you know, things that are, it's like busy things, but you're not actively thinking about what you're doing, walking, dancing. I mean, I go on my power walks and I rewrite my subconscious. So I'll go on power walks and be like, I am having a great day. I'm so powerful. My life is amazing. You know what I mean? I just have yeah. these like pep talks with myself because you are, yeah. you're that hypnotic state. Any kind of exercises, you're, you're sort of in that receptive state as well. Of course, um, TV, you're also in hypnotic yeah. state. So you have to be really Which careful. Dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And when your yeah. kids are, you know, kids are in social media or YouTube or things like that, I mean, they're Oh, you know, I encourage all parents to really limit what children consume until seven plus, because prior to seven, they're just wide open, you know, and they're just downloading everything that they're seeing. And, you know, what is happening with social media and YouTube and all that stuff can be quite, I think, damaging, not so great. So um, we didn't have to deal with that when we were kids. No. And now, but you're a parent. I'm not a parent. Well, I'm a parent to a little fur dog, fur baby here, but (laughs) it doesn't count. He's not watching YouTube. Uh, Yeah. That's such a different, that's such an interesting conversation, which we may not have time for today, but I love that you brought that up. Hmm. And then in the morning um, and like, right when you wake up and then as you're falling asleep, you're also in a very hypnotic state. So um, it's always good to have a really mindful morning. Um, what you consume, how you go about your morning is really important. And again, like right before you fall asleep, being mindful of what you're doing, because it's going to kind of influence your dream state or how you feel the next day could, could potentially influence you. Right. And I guess that's why a lot of people talk about doing gratitude in the morning and at night, which, you know, really kicks you off in that way. And um, I know sometimes when you can sit in bed and take a couple of minutes to just feel good or breathe through your heart or anything like that. Um, and I, I never really realized that that's because you're still sort of in that state, which would make a lot of sense. So I guess I'm kind of wondering, you know, in terms of the subconscious mind, you know, I, I want to bring up the the little video that you had on social media about reprogramming your parents or something. Mm. You Can you talk a, a little bit about that story? Cause I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. So our parents just inform so much of our inner world, you know, as children. I mean, gosh, I hate to just blame everything on them, but like (laughs) they pretty much create the foundation for everything. Um, And depending on how healthy or unhealthy your parents were, I mean, look, I don't want to blame parents because I'm a parent and it's a hard job. 
and no parent is perfect. We're humans. But for me, my parents were very emotionally unhealthy and not um, psychologically attuned. So my experience with them created a lot of issues for me later in life. So what I found, and in, in my sessions, a lot of times when we go back to root cause issue, it's between the ages of zero to seven or zero to 14. And when we reprogram, we create that new dimension of time. And often it's, you know, it's a relationship that has caused the issue. So I ask my client, you can either create a new dimension of time where you have the same parents, but there are different version. You know, there are more attuned, psychologically aware, emotionally available and healthy person, or you can recreate completely new parents. Um, and it's about 50-50 how it rolls. But what I've done and what I can do on a deeper level is just completely reprogram the parent. And this does take a few sessions. This is a lot harder to do. It's not a one session kind of thing um, because you just are so imprinted by your parents and their behavior. And you, you just sort of absorb all their trauma and all their issues. Like it's crazy. And a lot of times in sessions, I'll tell my clients, send it back to them because that's not even yours. Like you've just absorbed that. Let's send it back. Not in a mean way, but like, here, have it back. You can, that's not mine. And just acknowledging that that's not even your stuff, that's theirs and, you know, let's move on. So what I've done for me and what I've done for a few clients, because again, this is a much deeper um, piece of work is completely reprogram my mother and father. And I basically created a mom who for me is an ideal mother, is attuned to me, is emotionally available. Um, and I even went through a whole hypnotic, process where I was breastfed because as a baby I wasn't breastfed and that was really profound for me it just healed and shifted so much and it, it really was what changed the relationship I had with my own body just feeling that connected and supported and nurtured and loved it was just amazing so I have these two other parents that are my inner mother and father because your inner mother and father just create the foundation for like all things, relationships, your masculine and feminine energy, your, you know, how much you can love yourself, how worthy you are. It's just crazy. Like how much that informs everything. So I have these two parents that meet all those needs that I've reprogrammed, which is wonderful because then my biological mom, She's not really, I mean, she's my mom. Like I know she gave birth to me, but that emotional, like we put so much, what's the word I'm looking for? Significance on mother, on father. I mean, it's almost kind of unfair what we expect our parents to provide for us and do for us. And there's just this really strong emotional charge that we lay on our parents. And so by creating and reprogramming these new parents, it's sort of, removes that so she's yes my biological mother but mother the meaning of that and what I needed from her and what I need from her still there's not that requirement there it just sort of dissolves that charge so she doesn't really trigger me she's just kind of this person that like I've known for most of my life but what she does and how she acts and the, the decisions she makes they don't accept they don't upset me anymore like they used to when I was younger because I have this new inner mother that I rely on for my emotional needs versus her. So we still talk all the time and I have a great relationship with her, but 
I don't see her as my mom because she's not my inner mother anymore. Right. So, okay. It's a lot to wrap your head around (laughs) just in terms of, yeah. Okay. So when you're talking about repro, so it's basically like we have our mother and father who are responsible in a large part about who we are now. And so what we need to do is we need to, I guess, assess in a way whether or not there are things within us that stem from their upbringing that we want to change. And so you're not going in and changing those particular programs out. You're changing the actual role of the person who brought them. I guess I'm trying to kind of figure out how to explain this to the listener and also for my own brain. So did you like, did you identify and go, okay, I have these 10 issues and instead of me going in and doing 10 separate things and blah, 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 I'm just going to create a new uh, mother that wouldn't give me any of those issues and replace that one fundamental problem, let's say, with one other, and then uh, that would correct all other 10. Is that mm. kind of... I hear you saying, you're, you're like, uh, yeah, is this I'm a trying... cheat code? You're like, is this a cheat code? <laughs> is this a cheat code? That's funny. Yeah, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess in a way, is this a cheat code? But then also, I mean, how self-aware do you need to be to know that you need to replace your parent? Hmm. How would you even go about doing that? Do you, did you get really clear on what you needed from a parent before you went in and, and yeah. on that? And, and then I'm kind of like, is this like an NLP thing in a way where you're like, creating new memories and yeah, it's just really interesting. So if you could talk more about it. Okay. Um, it's not a cheat code necessarily. What it does do is it it prevents you from getting triggered by your, your biological parents in like real time, right? It just takes away that charge. So it allows you to have a healthier relationship with your existing parents. If that's your goal. The other thing I realized is that whenever I do, because I can work on issues for myself, like I use hypnosis to deal with my own issues. I was just having to go back and deal with all these issues. And it was always, you know, parent, da, 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 da. And so it was just kind of like, I'm going to create new parents so that every time I have to go back and clear an issue, I'm just pulling in those new parents that I've created. So I don't have to like think about it too much. And so what I did, yeah, before I went in and reprogrammed, I did in my conscious state. I wrote down, you know, what would my ideal father, who would he have been? And I wrote him down. And then I wrote, you know, who is my ideal mother? And I wrote her down. And then I went into a hypnotic state and created them and like put them in place inside of me and swapped out, like just sort of deleted my old parents. Um, And that's what I've done for clients. Does it then delete all issues? No. But the goal is in present day, I don't get triggered at all by my mom because in my inner world, she's not my mom. She's just this lady I've known my whole life that did give birth to me and that's fine. Mm. So it just creates an easier relationship. And then when you go back to do reprogramming, that root cause issue, you just swap them in because you know exactly who you want and need in that moment of time. Wow. It's really fascinating. I interviewed a guest on the show, um, Rick, and we were talking about NLP and Mm. he was talking about how he had a client who had a loss of a child and Mm -hmm. um, he basically went back. He must've been in the hypnosis state. I can't remember exactly, but there was some kind of, you know, thing. Then he went back and relived the memory and then they created 
new feelings around it. Mm-hmm. Like instead of it being traumatic, it was about the gift of, you know, his presence for the the small amount of time he was there and, and all this sort of stuff. So I guess I'm kind of wondering, is this similar to what, to the work that you do? It is. I mean, what, yes, you can do it that way. What I do is I completely clear the, the issue, the root cause issue. We clear that. Um, and then we, we, we create a new one. And if my client wants to create a new one where that's what happens, you know, like the, the traumatic experience still happens, but they perceive it in a different way. Yeah. They could do that. It's up to them. They're creating. Um, but what I, I do encourage them to do, like a lot of people will try to say, and they're not this way and they're not. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. They are. What are they? You know, tell me how it feels now. What does it look like now? You know, describe, and we go into detail around that new um, dimension, that new reality. So yes, it is similar in a way, but we, we clear the old. But you clear it entirely and then you can have, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like, if you have a, an issue that, you know, you keep going back to in your life, you know, pops up in your memory and it's like, remember this happened 10, five years ago or whatever it is then you can go and you can completely clear that. So I guess people would want to clear that because they can see that the only thing that really matters is where they are now. And there's no sense in carrying these stories and baggage with them. So clearing it is just kind of like, but I guess then, you know, people who would maybe want to recreate a new memory wouldn't want to be dissolving the memory of, if we were to use the child example for lack of any, um, you know, for lack of a better example, you would never want to forget that. Beautiful oh yeah, no, no, no. It just so, takes the charge. Right, but it, it would, takes, right, it takes the it emotional, takes that emotional charge out. Of it. So the memory right. is still there, but you're not bringing it up. You know, you're not being triggered. You're not going into fight or flight. You know, you're, you're it's just like, oh. Neutralizing yeah. it. Correct. You're like, oh yeah, that uh-huh. happened. But it's not coming up and you're not going, ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Over and over and over again. And it's about tracking your patterns. So you can, a lot of times, either A, yes, you're very consciously aware of how that trauma is showing up in your life, or you're noticing patterns that keep happening. And you're like, why is this happening? And then we go back to the root cause issue. And a lot of times the root cause issue is something that people didn't even realize was a thing. You know, they don't remember it. It's not really, or sometimes they do, but it's just, there's no conscious connection to the pattern. And then that issue. And they're like, oh, geez bummer let's get we clear that out we clear and then there's a lot of breathing we take a lot of breaths like clear and gather up all the emotions gather up the beliefs clear it out and then recreate the new so that that new is in there because you're you're not just deleting memories like we're we're not really that powerful we can't just like completely delete memories like everything is still going to be in our subconscious and accessible but you can delete the charge around it correct oh that happened yes interesting i feel nothing (laughs) <laughs> that pattern, that block, all that, yeah. you know, that resistance or that continual trauma or fight or flight is gone. Yeah. It's interesting. Have you read Eckhart Tolle's work at all? I have, but I just can't even go there. Like, I'm... <laughs> Oh, really? It's not. Okay. For me, it's like my total jam. I love that. <laughs> and it's like, uh, for me, it's some of the most aha moments I've ever had in my life and definitely mm. saved me in a lot of ways, but I I'm likening it to that, which might kill you on the inside. You may no, say, it's okay. Let but, me hear. Uh, he, okay. So one of the things that he talks about is how, when we are thinking something very often, we then have that physical reaction 
mm. to it. So if we're thinking about, you know, an, uh, something that happened that was difficult or traumatic or whatever for us. And then as we relive it in our mind, our pain body basically is triggered by that. And then we can feel it on a whole emotional level. And then that is locking that in even further. But then a lot of the work that he's talking, well, what he's talking about is he's saying that when you can get aware that it's just a thought and you can come back to the present moment through breath or something, then the physical reaction will happen less. And mm -hmm. I can tell you that that really worked for me because I could understand that I could think something and what might have a physical or an emotional reaction for me for hours, I could dissolve within a couple of minutes or even 30 seconds when I was conscious of it. Yeah. So I just, I can understand what you're talking about, not being triggered from it. It's harder to do on that level. And because it's, it's also probably something that would take a lot longer than what you're yeah. talking about, which is getting the root thing, neutralizing the memory, moving on with life. Whereas you still do need to practice though. So even after the session, like you'll get kind of tested sometimes depends on the yeah. client, but something might come up and it's like, it is, you have to stay. And I say this to my clients, you know, you are, you stay in the present tense. Don't react because as soon as you react, you're just like opening that all up again. So yeah. he's right. He's absolutely hundred percent. Right. It is. You have to learn how to stay in the present and then compartmentalize like, Oh, that's that thing again. And through the sessions, it helps my clients understand what that is. So then when they experience it again, it'll be a much lesser charge, but they're like, oh, that's that thing. And yeah. they can just blow past it instead yeah. of, it just makes it easier to stay in that present tense, to stay in that neutral sort of no reaction zone. Yeah. You can just go about your day, but yeah, he's totally right. Um, I bet you didn't see, think you're going to say that today. <laughs> No, no, it's not that I dislike him. I, it was just so boring and tedious. I was like, oh, I yeah, started yeah. to read something and I was like, oh my gosh, can you just get to the point here? It's but not for everybody. I definitely see that. And as you would probably be aware, it's very intentional. His delivery of being slow and monotonous is very intentional to create space around words. And um, that way, when you're listening to him, you kind of don't really have an opportunity to think too many other things. So he's like really bringing you down to that really hypnotic sort of state, yeah, yeah. but in a, in a casual way. And he's doing, and that's why he talks so slowly is because he's very aware of going, are you thinking now? What about now? And that gap there is where he's trying to get people anyway, whatever. I'm yeah, no, very no. passionate about it. <laughs> I think he, he's very wise and he's he figured it out and that's great. And I applaud him. I just couldn't get into it is all. But that's why there's something for everybody. And that's what I love mm -hmm. about this show is bringing on different people who have different modalities and expertise. And, you know, there's someone at home that's listening, that's already been Googling you and setting up an appointment, I'm sure. And so, you know, this is just about finding what's going to work for you and, mm you know, and that's what it's, that's what life is about, isn't it? It's about making sure that you're getting as informed as you can, honoring what's truth for you and following that. Yeah. So I'd love to know, you know, how do you find that working with hypnosis, uh, hypnotherapy and the subconscious mind, you know, really assist people in following their soul's purpose and living a more fulfilling life? Like how have you see it work for yourself or for your clients? Mm. It's, it's about, becoming very clear on what is yours or who you are versus your programs or the, the experiences that you've had that you've 
you've taken on other people's emotions or beliefs. So yeah. it's, it's about developing a really clear discernment. Oh, who am I versus who, what is this basically? Because you are not your programs. Your programs are programs. Yeah. You, and that's why we call in the higher self is because that's you, that's you without all the programs. Yeah. So that's really what you want to get in alignment with. Yeah. So for my clients, I, I call it, we kind of take the brakes off, right? They, they know what they want to create. They know what they want to do. It's just that they're meeting, they're, they're hitting this resistance or they're creating these patterns and it's just getting in the way from what they want to create and achieve. And so we just get rid of that stuff. They can go on and, and create what they want to create with less, you know, frustration, procrastination, all the things that stop us from doing and being, you know, what we want stop us from doing what we want to do and being who we truly are. So yeah. I like to say it's about that discernment and, and really understanding who you are versus what you've been programmed to be. <laughs> yeah. And that also brings it to the thought that, you know, I'm always, you know, helping people that I work with about identifying those thoughts and going, you know, you're not your mind and you don't have to believe everything that you think, <laughs> but we forget that we go, right. We just think, <gasps> oh, I'm just this person who thinks this way or runs. And as I always use this crazy example and I use it because I always say, if I told you you were a murderer and then you were like, I'm a murderer, that's you're not. Yeah. And that's such a crazy idea. But if you think, if your thoughts say you are, does it make it true? No, it doesn't yeah. make it true. It's just a thought. It's just a totally separate thing. So your beliefs and your root your root issues are the same, aren't they? But we're not really taught to look at them in that way, are we? No, I mean, you could really just sum it up with your personality is pretty much made up. Like you just yeah. make that up. Like it's not even a real thing. You can change it. Like it's not really real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For you, the soul level you, and then this personality that you just kind of make up just based on all this other stuff that has little to no bearing on who you actually are. And your personality is what (laughs) it's made up of your likes, of your dislikes, of your, um, your skin color, of your cultural background, of your friends, of your family. Is that basically how you would define your personality? Just your experiences, your experiences. Yeah. Just what you've experienced kind of informs all of that. And then, you know, with hypnosis and the way I work, we, we go through and we decide what experiences you'd like to have to create the person you actually want to be. Isn't that amazing? Why do you think this isn't, or is it common or is it becoming more common? Do you, you know, like I keep hearing in my head that people would feel guilty sometimes around, do you think that that could be part of it? Like they feel guilty about removing their, their background or feeling bad, you know, that maybe they didn't, they don't like the way that they were, they were brought up or yeah, who am I, if I'm not Canadian, you know, for example, right? <laughs> Which yeah. I don't connect to any of that stuff either. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. me, it's not a thing, but I think if your personality or yours, you, who you identify as is anchored in external things and you're like that those external things are you're very dependent on those, then yeah, it, it would be, it could potentially be an issue for you to go in and open up your subconscious and, and dig around and see that like that stuff is all just a construct and made up and doesn't really matter. Right. Um, I think the more you realize that the external world, 
you know, you can allow it to make up who you are, but it, it really shouldn't inform too much of who you are. Right. So yeah, I've like tried... you said, Go ahead. nationality, like I'm like, <laughs> what? I, yeah. I didn't even know I was American until I moved to Australia and people started saying that I was, and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I never identified as that. I don't even know what that is. But yeah. Thank you for putting me in that box, I guess. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, I've tried to explain to people before where I'm like, you know, when you think about who you truly are, you're this. I like no talking and just getting them to have a moment where they go, oh, I'm this space behind the noise. You know, I'm this, (laughs) I'm like this observer and the peace, I, I don't know about you, but the peace that I feel when I can have no thought or the oh. connection to all there is, it's like relief, you know? Um, yeah. What part does the ego play, do you think, in oh, reprogramming God. the subconscious? And I, the ego is a real, you know, is probably one of the biggest challenges, would you say? And that's taming the ego, being aware of it, using it for for perp- for good. If there's so I don't want to demonize the ego because it's very important. It keeps us like alive and stuff. And I do, it it sort of falls into that um, prefrontal cortex sort of thing where you're like analyzing, identifying and, you know, judging. And, and so we try to turn it off during sessions, get it out of the way and, and allow that higher self to inform what, you know, needs to be changed. So it's about transforming the ego and creating a more discerning, kind, um, navigator to help you through life rather than this like dictator that's shaming you and making you feel guilty and keeping you boxed into a life that really isn't great for you. Because I, I see that the ego or what I define as the ego can often be comprised of, you know, it, it's like the shadow kind of takes over and, and uses the ego to make your life and more difficult than it needs to be so it's about removing that sort of shadow from the ego so the ego is just more discerning and a better navigator yeah I find it's hard hey because you're talking about discerning so it's basically getting people to identify in the present moment what's truth what's not truth what's supportive what's not supportive what's helpful what's not and you know my experience the ego is not is not very nice a lot of the time Yes. And I, but you, I think it can be, um, right. If you treat it like a, if you go, Hey, you know, let's reframe that. It's almost like you having a conversation with yourself. You're like, is that the ego or is that my mom? Do you know what I mean? Like right. that's that shadow stuff coming up because it's like that shadow stuff comes up and sort of takes over the ego and makes it do the crazy things. And it's, so it's about removing that from the ego. So it can just be a better, Again, this is my interpretation of the ego. Um, So it can just help you make better decisions that are in more alignment with what you want to create and are better for you. Not fear-based because the ego is all about making sure Mm. that it's safe or small or remember when that happened, you know? Yes. You know, you don't want to do that again. That didn't turn out well. It's trying to keep you safe. It's like, oh, don't do that. That, it's, It's dangerous. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. And so it's about removing that hypervigilance from the ego yeah. and that healing that shadow element and, and realizing that it's like the ego gets possessed or hijacked by the, the programming yeah. and it's about removing that. So it's not there anymore so that you're in better alignment with what 
you know, you really want. I'm not saying you're going to make, always make the best decision. I mean, we mess up, we're human, whatever, but yeah, yeah, just, just reprogram it. And through the work that I do, the ego gets dialed down. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not as loud or um, like I call it the inner dictator. It's not an inner dictator anymore. It's more helpful because I do think ultimately the ego is designed to be helpful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we, We are wired to stay alive. Like that's a biological program. Like we, are trying to stay alive for as long as possible. And we've unfortunately learned in our early years what isn't isn't safe. Sometimes that programming makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's just about figuring out and discerning. Um, yeah. you know, it's okay for me to do that. Oh, it's not okay for me to do that. Like it's okay for me to launch a new business. I'm gonna be okay. I'm not gonna be hurt or killed. Yeah. Okay, driving my car into a telephone pole, that's a bad idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's about creating discernment. Again, that might be a weird word, but that's the word. Well, it's the perfect word. It's just sometimes hard to wrap your head around what that means. <laughs> but it's just basically, is this truth or not? You know, mm-hmm. um, one of the techniques that I do, and I learned this in part from Michael Singer, is uh, when you can identify. So this is a really good one if you're good at visualization is when you are talking a lot in your head or your ego's going off about something or telling the story or he said, she said, or putting you in some sort of victim position that you can imagine in your imagination that you're sitting beside yourself and mm. you kind of look at yourself. And what I do is I go, girl, thank you for your opinion, but I got this go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just yeah. watch her me, but I watch her sort of go, Oh, okay, cool. And like chill out and go into meditation. So yeah. that's, that's a helpful way that I try to talk. That's my ego uh, to say, girl, I got this. You yeah. Know. You're good. Thank you. I don't really need all of that. But, yeah. uh, appreciate yeah. your, you're just trying to help me, but like, we're good. Yeah. yeah that's such a great way of explaining it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've really loved talking to you. We are out of time. Is there anything that I didn't mention today, Christina, that you'd like to bring up and also how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in a session or finding out more? Um, I, I think we covered pretty much everything. I just really want people to know that you have the power to change your life. You don't need to go looking for other people to tell you what to do. You can do it. There's tools out there. Um, you know, go find them, go access them, uh, and heal your trauma. Oh my gosh. Trauma is the thing that we all need to be looking at because that's the biggie that always comes up. So um, if you are curious or you want to find out more, I'm at bigbeautifulsky.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at bigbeautifulsky. So please reach out, ask me any questions. Um, I'd love to work with you, whoever you are. So Perfect. And I'll put a link to all that as well in the show notes for a listener at home. Thank you so much for being here. I've loved talking to you and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.